This is the American Home Contractors Podcast. So yeah, we we got a lot of snow. Uh, Relative to Maryland in the last five years, we just got a lot of snow and it's all gone now. But Zero to nine is a ton. And especially after, what was it, three or four years of a snow drought? Something yeah. like that in Baltimore yeah, City. A few, it was a few years, yeah. yeah. Just, just some dustings and just, yeah, not much at all. But and people have short-term memory, so, <laughs> you know, it hasn't snowed for a while and, you know, it'll never snow again. And all right. of a sudden it snowed. So right. All of a sudden, uh-oh, we got to do something about it. We do have a lot of solar products that we are offering now. We have two integrated solar roofing products along with solar panels. Uh, we're also doing asphalt roofing. So it's fair to say we kind of know what's going on in relation to snow and the roof. Uh, I know, good. We're also doing metal, standing seam metal, and other types of roofing as well. Slate, wood shake, that kind of stuff. So depending on the roof surface will determine your considerations for snow retention. Snow guards, snow fence, that kind of stuff. Asphalt tends to be sticky. Snow tends to stick to it. Ice tends to stick to it. Now it can fall off depending on how much you get, but typically you don't see snow guards or snow fence on an asphalt shingle roof. For standing seam metal, glass tiles, uh, slate tiles, uh, even wood shakes, mm-hmm. snow can come off pretty quick. You know, any type of tile or any type of material that tends to be a little bit more slippery than, you know, an asphalt shingle. An asphalt shingle is kind of like sandpaper, you know, so stuff tends to stick to it and doesn't, it creates a lot of friction. So it doesn't tend to slide off as easily. Not saying that a, a layer of ice can form, you know, if you have freezing rain and it creates, you know, a layer of ice on the asphalt shingle and then it snows on top, it can be very slippery, obviously. But generally speaking, no, you won't find snow guard, snow fence on uh, an asphalt shingle roof unless it's, you know, over top of a walkway on a commercial building, maybe very steep roof, right? Precautionary measures are taken just to avoid liability. And then also for aesthetics. Sometimes you'll see snow guards, beautiful snow guards on asphalt shingle roofs just to highlight, you know, the aesthetic appeal of it. The ice damming that can occur on an asphalt shingle roof. Uh, It's a serious issue. Again, a lot of people have short term memory when it comes to snow and the inclement weather. Uh, So a lot of people weren't aware of the dangers of, you know, a quick snow and then a quick melting refreezing cycle uh, in the ramifications that that can have on your roof. Uh, you were actually we you you filmed an awesome video for us of going to a neighbor's house to clear an ice dam. So let's just really quickly before we get into solar, let's talk about the dangers, the precautions, what you should be looking out for and what you should know uh, during a snowstorm during wintertime with an asphalt roof. So ice dams. So, you know, we can relate this back to 2010 when in Maryland we had severe ice damming from Another situation where we had multiple snowstorms at once, and there were a few feet of snow accumulating Mm. on the roofs at that time. And what happens is when you have more and more snow building up on the roof and melting and then snow reaccumulating on the roof and then melting, what tends to happen with gravity is everything slides down the roof, um, forms in the gutter, right? So the gutter takes the ice and snow and water from the roof, but The gutters are on the outside of the house. There's no attic above it. So they're very cold. They tend to freeze before the rest of the roof does, even on the overhangs and stuff. So you got this big chunk of ice in the gutter. You have snow accumulating on it and more ice building up over time. Gravity kind of pushing everything down the roof into that gutter at the bottom of the roof as well. And then that creates over time what's called an ice dam. 
the ice dam is literally just a big chunk of ice that creates a dam for water to flow down and hit it and then run up the uh, upside of the roof. Underneath the shingles, sometimes underneath the underlayments, depending on what type of underlayment you have. Uh, nowadays, you have building code requires you to install what's called ice and water shield on the bottom of the roofs, on the eaves. And building code in Maryland, and you know, generally speaking, this area in general, uh, is 24 inches inside the warm wall. You need to install ice and water shield up to that line. So you have the exterior wall of the building. You go two foot inside of that exterior wall. You draw an imaginary line upwards. That is the point at which you have to install ice and water shield from the bottom of the eave up to that line. Got you. And that's to combat against the negative effects of ice damming. Ice dams are naturally occurring. You can't prevent an ice dam unless you have heating cables or if you're out there with a shovel, literally shoveling it While off as happening. the snows. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. So they're naturally occurring. So, you know, in, in this area in particular, we don't have a lot of heating cables. It's a fire hazard. You know, those, those cables are exposed to the UV rays all year long. So it's not a great idea to have them unless you're in like the mountains where you, you get snow every year. Mm -hmm. You have... Um, you know, walkways and commercial buildings where you just, you can't have ice dams because it'll just be a safety issue. Right. In our market, it doesn't snow as much, right? It hasn't snowed the last few years, but if and when it does, the ice dams tend to form depending on how much snow and ice you have and what those events look like. If it's multiple snowstorms or just one large snowstorm and then warm weather and then, you know, the warm weather causes everything to melt and then ice forms at the bottom of it. If it's really cold and nothing's melting, you don't tend to have ice dams. You know, it's, it's what you have to do about it leading up to it to maximize the chances that the water is not going to come into the actual house. And that's why you install ice and water shield per building code at the bottom of the roof so that if and when water backs up from that ice dam and goes underneath the shingle or the roofing material, it doesn't come through the underlayments, the uh, sheathing into the attic, drenching the insulation, right. and then eventually, ultimately, the drywall and into the house. So you had some instances on your Tesla solar roof where, can you classify it as an ice dam, uh, where the gutter did freeze, you know, freeze solid. Uh, and I know we had one of our techs up there, Chuck, trying to clear some ice. Um, but just talk me through kind of what an ice dam looks like then on a Tesla solar glass, you know, solar roof. And why it's okay if some water gets underneath the Tesla tiles. It's different, completely different than asphalt shingles. Yeah, it's interesting because the Tesla solar roof is a roof over top of a roof. You have the tiles, which are water shedding, and then you have the underlayments, which are waterproofing. So if and when an ice dam forms over top of the tiles themselves, the water that backs up gets underneath of the tiles, which again, they're not waterproof. Mm -hmm. They're designed to water shed shed the water off of the roofing system. So if water gets behind those tiles, not the end of the world, it just runs down the underlayment out of the starter bar, which is perforated. You know, it weeps out of that starter bar and eventually into the gutter. Now you can have issues at the very bottom of the roof where the gutter is, right? Right. But again, you have that ice and water shield installed, which is the high temperature ice and water shield for the Tesla solar roof. That's the underlayment we use. And it's self-sealing around all the nails and all the penetrations and anything that's piercing through it is self-sealing. So in theory, the water that backs up at the bottom of the roof shouldn't get into 
the house and shouldn't get through that that underlayment. But yeah, but it's it's interesting because all that ice and snow that's building up on the tiles themselves isn't creating as big of an issue as if it was the actual roof and weatherproofing itself, like any other traditional roofing system other than uh, tiles, like uh, even slate. Slate, you know, the uh, slate tiles themselves act as a waterproofing. Asphalt shingles act as a waterproofing. Uh, wood shakes, you name it, standing seam metal. A lot of other roofing materials are the weatherproofing itself. So if water does back up and get behind that, then you're relying on the underlayment. And a lot of times the underlayments aren't as bulletproof and resistant as the Tesla solar roof underlayment is. Yeah, when they're not made for that feature, it's, yeah. That yeah. can be, okay, very interesting. That is something that I didn't think about was, you know, oh no, ice damming can occur. And what happens if that ice dam happens underneath a glass tile on your on your solar roof? And you're like, no, because the underlayment is warmer. You know, it's closer to the heat of the house. Uh, so it's theoretically warmer than above the tiles uh, as as they're exposed to the elements. So very cool. I learned something this morning too. So you know, we, we've seen it before. We have another podcast, uh, our first podcast, I think it was almost a year ago, just over a year ago, about retrofitting your Tesla solar roof with a snow fence, a snow guard. How has that worked this year? Have you seen drastic improvements? Is it doing what you want it to do? Um, and moving forward, you know, would you recommend this? Is this something that you're going to start recommending to folks as they're putting on their solar roofs uh, to, to do this right out the go? So when we installed a snow fence about a year or so ago, we didn't have any snow event of significance, so we couldn't really test it. But in theory, and from hearing about it across the country where it has been installed and they did get snow in those other parts yeah. of the country, um, the results were good. And after this snow event, which it was nine inches of accumulation, uh, the snow fence performed great. It did good. what it was designed to do. It kept the snow on the roof, and obviously that's a trade-off because one of the features of Tesla solar roof is the ability to shed the snow pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Once the sun comes back out, once things heat up, that snow gets off the roof really quickly so that it can produce electricity as soon as possible. So when you put a snow retention system at the bottom of the roof, like a snow fence, it's actually preventing the snow from coming off the roof as quickly. So the trade-off is the snow is going to be up there much longer. And in this case, the areas of my roof that didn't have the snow fence, the snow shed off there really quickly and we're back to production, you know, producing clean electricity uh, within an, a day or two wow. of the nice. sun coming back out and things warming up. The areas that had the snow fence on it, it took multiple days. Now things did get up into the 50s and even 60s, you know, short after these snow events, but <laughs> everything melted off eventually. But if it was in the 30s or 40s and just mild sunshine outside, again, the areas that didn't have snow fence would have been clear. The areas that had snow fence would have taken much longer for that snow to eventually melt off of it. What were the production ramifications of having that snow backed up for a couple of days? Was it significant or was it? Oh, it is significant. Yeah. Yeah. Because when there's snow on the roof, it's not producing anything. Yeah. Um, how much, I mean, how much, like, were those sections producing anything or was it holding on all of the solar? It was holding up the snow on those entire sections. Wow. Now, eventually towards the ridge, the peak of the roof, things were melting and those tiles, depending on how many were exposed, you know, determined if they were able to power up the MCIs and have enough power production to turn on the inverters 
So yeah, your production is severely limited depending on how many exposed tiles there are. Uh, but I would say if it is a trade-off, if you want snow fence on the bottom of your roof, just know that in snow events, that snow is going to stick up there and your production is going to be limited for quite some time. And it could be the whole duration of the winter, depending on where you live. Yeah, that is that is interesting to think about. It's a trade-off of, do you want snow to come down on your head or your car or whatever else, or do you want to produce? So I, I guess it's important then for folks that are in those climates as well. Uh, this is where the weird like off-grid terminology kind of comes into play. <laughs> you, you can go off-grid. I mean, look, it's best to have uh, your solar system connected to the grid so you can pull from the grid if you mm -hmm. need it. Most people do, especially in the winter. You're producing less, you're consuming more typically with heating, uh, heating the house, charging your cars, that kind of stuff. So being connected to the grid is always a good idea. And um, you know, when we refer to being off-grid, it means you're being self-sustainable. Right. You're producing and consuming and charging the batteries, discharging and not having to pull from the grid. You know, that's technically being off the grid. Uh, if the grid is out, you know, from a power outage, then you're off-grid. But yeah, in the wintertime, if there's a lot of snow on your roof and, you know, it doesn't matter if you have solar panels or solar roof, whatever the case may be, if snow is on top of those photovoltaic cells, it will not produce electricity. It's not like a cloudy day where the sun can still shine through right. and produce something. Snow's on top, your production is zero. Tesla solar roof snow shedding, feature or bug? You know, mm. it is a feature of the Tesla solar roof, but in some situations, it could be looked at as a bug if you don't want the snow to come off very quickly over a walkway, over a roof below it that has skylights or something like that, over top of a garage where a car may be parked, stuff like that. You just got to be aware when you're designing the system to look around the house, look at key areas where if and when it does snow, is it okay for snow to come off quickly in that area? If it's just over you know, a grass hill or a grass part of the yard, maybe not that big of a deal. If it's over top of a air conditioning compressor or some equipment outside, or like I said, a deck or a walkway or a railing, right. then you may want to say, all right, well, look, you know, snow could come off pretty quickly. It could damage this depending on how much snow does come off quickly. So maybe we want to put a snow fence there knowing that there is a trade-off, knowing that if you put the snow fence or snow retention system on the roof, it's going to keep the snow up there and your production will be severely limited during those events. Now, we have to also keep in mind that regardless, you have to be aware, you know, solar panels, solar roofing, you got to be aware when it snows, snow will slide off of slippery surfaces. And depending on how steep your roof is, it could come off even when solar panels are installed on a roof. Mm -hmm. That's been a common complaint over the years. Hey, where my solar panels are installed, the snow just tends to fall right off onto my deck and it's dangerous. Well, you got to use common sense. You know, there are snow retention systems you can actually put on uh, the uh, solar panels. panels as well. Yeah. Have uh, you seen them? No. Yeah. You, is it, there are snow guards. Is it at the bottom of the panel or is it no, it's, on it's the, throughout the, the array? Okay. Throughout the array, oh. they clip onto the solar panels and they act as snow guards. Oh, just so those little like half keep, dome. Yeah. Kind it of just retention. keeps the snow on top of the panels from sliding off. Hmm. But again, you're keeping snow up there so that it can slowly melt instead of slide off and quickly get back to production. Right. So it's, it's a big trade off, but you got to use common sense and you got to be very careful when it's snowing. When you're out and about, especially in a commercial shopping center or something like that, look up at the roof. A lot of times you'll see snow guards or a snow fence just to prevent snow from falling off onto the walkways because there's a lot of liability for mm -hmm. those, those owners of that building in case someone were to get hurt. 
So just like, you know, your house, just be aware. Don't have your kids walk around the house in a snow event. You know, we always tell our kids, hey, be careful around the, the house. Go out, you know, where there's a, an overhang or, you know, just like any other construction project, you would walk out and in at a certain designated area. Right. Like, hey, if you're walking out after it snows, this is where you walk out. This is where you come in and be aware of your surroundings, be aware of the roof and, you know, snow that could potentially come off and and, and fall on you. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the the consumer has the awareness uh, to, to look into all of these factors. You know, it's something in again in Maryland, it's the first time that this has happened in three years. One of the first times that you had a significant snow on your roof and it's been installed for four years now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just having that level of awareness, just thinking at, at that level, you never want to learn, you know, trial and error on something this serious. Um, but you also hope that the CIs, the certified installers in that area are also, you know, along the conversation, just bringing that up, whether it's at the beginning, the end, whatever, just, hey, so, you know, winter does happen. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not like a traditional roof like you're used to. Yeah. It would be nice to rely on the homeowner because they know a lot more about the property than you do, especially when you're designing things virtually. You, it's hard to take into consideration walkways, how they use them. Just because you have a walkway around your house doesn't mean it's being used. Mm-hmm. So does the homeowner walk along that walkway? And do they walk along that walkway in the wintertime? Do they have it cleared in the wintertime? Or is it just not used, but seldomly, you know? So you got to, you know, be nice for the homeowners to kind of, um, also be involved and say, hey, you know, common sense tells me this is a slippery material. It's metal. It's glass. Snow is going to come off of it pretty quickly. Ice can come off of it pretty quickly. Hey, these are areas in my house where I want to try to avoid that, knowing that the trade-off is the limited production after the snow event because snow and ice is going to stay up there for much longer. So with V3 version 3 that we were installing up till now, it's active glass, inactive glass. And it's a lot easier to retrofit and make repairs because the tiles come off in a similar fashion. Right. And it's pretty easy to to swap out. With the new version, V3R, the inactive tiles are metal and they clip together. Basically what that means is if a tile gets damaged, you can't really swap it out easily. You have Mm -hmm. to skin over it with a metal tile. So the damaged tile gets a skin over top of it, whereas before, the damaged tile will get completely popped out, swapped out, and replaced. This is just literally a repair. So what that means is it's a lot more difficult to add and retrofit Mm. more solar tiles to an inactive section of roof, and it's going to be much more difficult to retrofit snow fence in those particular regions where people want to install snow fence on this product. So it's going to be ever so important to make sure this is brought up in the beginning of the project design and the homeowner's aware of, hey, you're installing a roof that there are some limitations to how this product is designed and goes together. So we can't easily retrofit additional active tiles Mm -hmm. and or snow fence and even other brackets for installing uh, like Starlink satellite dishes and that kind right, of stuff. Right, right. So, wow. Yeah, you got you to gotta think of these things up front more so than, hey, you know, we can always come around to it in the future if we need to. We want to add solar, we want to add snow fence, whatever. We got to make those considerations and decisions early on, um, which is very interesting. We're trying to figure out a way to, um, you know, possibly get around the difficulty with the new version and the inactive metal tiles because, you know, when you install snow fence, you have to install 
those brackets on the rafters or trusses with heavy lag bolts. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're beefy. And you could like park a car up there after this is installed. It's it's crazy. Yeah, the guys were standing when they were installing yours, the guys were standing on it. I'm like, Dave, are they allowed it? Oh you're like, dude, they can do a jig on yeah, those things if they wanted to. Elephant could stand on that <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. They're it's not crazy. going anywhere. So you know, you you would have to pull off all those tiles. You'd have to put the brackets down. You'd have to scab in the tiles. You'd have to, you know, it would just be a logistical nightmare. Mm-hmm. Possible, right? But not easy. Yeah, so a lot of very, things are very very impractical. Impractical, more impractical than yeah. the original. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, that's why you want to make sure everything's waterproof before installing this, because getting into the underlayment is going to be challenging. Making sure you have the considerations for snow fence, any brackets for Starlink. Um, dishes, any roof fence, any skylights, anything really. You want to just make sure the roof is set up so that once this product's installed, you don't have to necessarily go back to do it, to, to mess with it. You know, when we first started installing version three, the engineers at Tesla told us that we shouldn't be placing active tiles at the bottom row because it touches the metal starter bar. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want metal touching the active tiles even on the bottom of it just in fear that it could cause an arc fault or short out the system so we were designing systems where the entire bottom row was inactive and then we could install active tiles from the second row up towards the peak right and of course you got to keep the fire setbacks on the left edge right edge and and ridge as well right but there's not really uh, fire setbacks on the bottom of the roof same with panels. That's why you see solar panels installed pretty low mm-hmm. on the roof, the, the gutter line down mm-hmm. to the gutter, mm-hmm. right? There's only maybe a couple rows of shingles there. Yeah, right. So with those old systems that we didn't install active tiles around the bottom, like my house, we were able to take those since we determined, Tesla determined that, oh, these these can, these tiles, active tiles can touch metal if it's on the bottom of these tiles. No problemo. Over time, testing, 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 we don't see any issues. We're going to now allow those active tiles to touch the metal starter bar underneath of the, the tile itself. Well, So we're able to take that inactive bottom row and we're able to move that up to the second row, take those active tiles in the second row, move it down a row, and then we were able to install the snow fence. So there was no difference in okay. the production capabilities with my particular house because of the way it was designed. Now... If somebody has active tiles on row one, two, three, four, all the way up to the peak, unless they have more space, they're going to lose production capabilities if they install snow fence after the fact as a retrofit, which is why not a lot of people want to talk about it because, yeah, you'll lose that entire second row. you got to swap out those active tiles for metal tiles with the brackets underneath of them so that you can install the snow fence brackets to those actual brackets under the metal tiles, right? That are mm-hmm. going into mm-hmm. the rafters, into the trusses, right? 24, 16 inches on center. So yeah, it could it could lead to a total redesign where you'd have to not only lose production capabilities with less active tiles, but then you also got to figure out maybe restringing some of the tiles that are strung together that are going into the inverter. So it could be a logistical nightmare depending on the situation, depending on the original system size and design. So that's why we we don't want to talk about it too loudly. But again, it's going to be ever ever so important to make sure your designs and expectations and considerations are all known up front. It's going to be, hey, you know, 
are we considering snow fence for this particular roof? You know, where is it located? Does it snow? How often does it snow? Um, you know, are there walkways? Does the homeowner absolutely not want the snow to fall off in this mm -hmm. particular area if and when it does snow? Uh, so then obviously snow fence considerations need to be figured out up front. And then of course the active tiles need to be figured out up front, how many you're putting, because again, it's not easy to retrofit with the retrofit with the new system. Right. So, right. Uh, and we are, as of right now, we're mainly installing in the mid Atlantic region over on the East coast of the U S but if anyone has questions, more in-depth questions about just installing from the get-go uh, for snow fence and all of that, they can, of course, contact us at AmericanHomeContractors.com, down in the comments, below the video, whatever else. Get in touch. We're, we're happy to talk to whoever if they have questions about this product. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's hope that's the only snowstorm that we get this winter and it's warm and sunny throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, we, we <laughs> like sunny. We like to produce You've been listening to the American Home Contractors podcast. You can find us across the web on YouTube, X, TikTok, and Instagram at AHCDMV. If you have an upcoming job or have any further questions about this or another product or service we offer, please contact us at AmericanHomeContractors.com. Thanks. We'll see you in the next one.